Hey everyone, Storytime with Aussie Dad, and today we're continuing on with the Enchanted Wood. Right, chapter 10, The Battle of the Bears. Goldilocks, the three bears, the girls, and Moonface all went out of the little cottage. How strange it seemed to see roses blossoming over the walls when ice and snow lay all around. The thing is, where do we go to find the polar bears, said Goldilocks. Over there towards the sun, said the father bear. Bessie and Fanny were surprised to see both the moon and the sun shining in the sky. They followed the father bear, slipping and sliding and holding on to one another. It was very cold and their noses and toes felt as if they were freezing. Suddenly, they saw the little snow house that Joe had built for the magic snowman. Look, said the father bear, we'd better make for that. But... Before they got there, a big white figure squeezed itself out of the snow house and saw them. It was the magic snowman. As soon as he saw the three bears and the others, he began to shout loudly in a windy, snowy voice. Enemies! Enemies! Hey! Bears, come and send off the enemies! We're not enemies, yelled Moonface, and Goldilocks ran forward to show the snowman that she was a little girl. But Moonface pulled her back. He didn't trust that old snowman. The snowman bent his big fat body down and picked up great handfuls of snow. He threw one at Goldilocks. She ducked down and it passed over her and hit the baby bear. Ouch, he said and sat down in a hurry. Then everything happened at once. A crowd of white polar bears hurried out of their underground home to the help of the snowman. And soon the air was full of flying snowballs. The snow was hard and the balls hurt when they hit anyone. It wasn't a bit of good, the girls shouting that they were friends, not enemies. Nobody heard them, and soon there was a fierce battle going on. Oh dear, gasped Bessie, trying her best to throw straight. This is dreadful. We shall never rescue Joe by behaving like this. But there really didn't seem anything else to be done. After all, if people are fighting you, you can't do much but defend yourself. And the three bears and the girls and Moonface felt very angry at having hard snowballs thrown at them. Smack! Thud! Biff! Squish! The snowballs burst as they hit, and soon there was a great noise of angry oomps from the white bears, and ooches from the teddy bears, and yells from the children, and screeches from Moonface, who acted as if he were mad, hopping about and yelling and kicking up the snow as well as throwing it. His big fat face was a fine target for snowballs, and he was hit more than anybody else. Poor Moonface. Now whilst this fierce battle was going on, where do you suppose Joe was? As soon as he had heard the cry of, Enemies! Enemies! He had hidden in the corner, for he didn't want to be mixed up in any fight. When he saw the white bears going out and he was left all alone, he began at once to think of escaping. He crept to the hole that led above ground. The battle was some way off, so Joe did not see that the enemies were really his own friends. If he had, he would have gone and joined them at once. What a terrible noise they are all making, he thought. It sounds like a battle between gorillas and bears to me. I'm not going near them. I'd be eaten up or something. I shall just run hard the opposite way and hope I'll meet someone to help me. So Joe, dressed in his bear skin and looking just like a little white bear himself, crept off over the ice and snow, not seen by anyone. He ran as soon as he thought he was out of sight. He ran and he ran and he ran, but he met nobody. 
Not a soul was to be seen. Only a lonely seal lay on a shelf of ice, but even he dived below as soon as he saw Joe. And then Joe stopped in the greatest astonishment and stared as if his eyes would fall out of, out of his head. He had come to the cottage of the three bears, standing all alone in the middle of the ice and snow, and, of course, its roses were still blooming round it, scenting all the air. I'm dreaming, said Joe. I simply must be dreaming. A cottage with roses here. In the middle of the snow. Well, I shall go and see who lives there. Perhaps they would give me something to eat and let me rest, for I'm very hungry and tired. He knocked at the door. There was no answer. He opened the door and went in. How he stared. There was no one to be seen at all, but on the table stood three bowls of steaming porridge. One big, one middle-sized, and one small. It was rather dark, so Joe lighted a big candle on the table. Then he sank down into the biggest chair, but it was far too big, and he got up again. He sat down in the next-sized chair, but that was too piled up with cushions, and he got up to sit in the smallest chair. That was just right, and Joe settled down comfortably, but alas, his weight was too much for it, and the chair broke to bits beneath him. He looked at the delicious porridge. He tasted the porridge in the biggest bowl. It was much too hot and burnt his tongue. He tasted the next bowl, but that was far too sweet. But when he tasted the porridge in the little bowl, it was just right. So Joe ate it all up. Then he felt so sleepy that he thought he really must rest. So he went to the bedroom and lay down on the biggest bed. But it was far too big. So he tried the middle-sized one. That was too soft and went down in the middle. So Joe lay down on the cot. And that was so small and warm and comfortable that he fell fast asleep. All this time, the battle was going on. The snowman was so big and the polar bears were so fierce that very soon the teddy bears, the children and Mooface were driven backwards. Then a snowstorm blew up and the snow fell so thickly that it was quite impossible to see anything. Moonface called out an alarm. Bears! Goldilocks! Bessie! Fanny! Take hold of each other's hands at once and don't let go! One of us might easily be lost in this storm! Everyone at once took hands. The snow blew into their faces and they could see nothing. Bending forwards, they began to walk carefully away from the white bears who had stopped fighting now and were trying to find out where their enemies were. Don't shout or anything, said Moonface. We don't want the white bears to hear us in case they take us prisoners. They might not listen to the teddy bears. Move off and we'll look for some sort of shelter till this storm is over. They were all very miserable. They were cold, rather frightened, and quite lost. They stumbled over the snow, keeping hold of one another's hands firmly. They went on and on, and suddenly Goldilocks shook off Moonface's hand and pointed in front of them. A light, she said in astonishment. Everyone stopped. I say, I say, it's our cottage, shrieked the baby bear in surprise and delight. But who's inside? Someone must have lighted the candle. They all stared at the lighted window. Who was inside the cottage? Could the magic snowman have found it? Or the polar bears? Was it an enemy inside or a friend? 
blew the wind, and the snowflakes fell thickly on everyone as they stood there wondering. Ooh, shivered Moonface. We shall get dreadful cold standing out here in the snow. Let's go in and find out who's there. So the father bear opened the door, and one by one they all trooped in, looking round the empty room, half afraid. Chapter 11. More and more surprises. There doesn't seem to be anyone here, said Bessie, cautiously looking round. Well, who lighted that candle? asked Moonface, his big round face looking anxious. We didn't leave it lighted. Suddenly the father bear gave an angry growl and pointed to his chair. Who's been sitting in my chair? he said. And who's been sitting in my chair? said the mother bear, pointing to hers. And who's been sitting in my chair and broken it all the bits? squeaked the baby bear in tears. Bessie giggled. It sounds like the story of the three bears coming true, she said to Fanny. They'll talk about porridge next. They did. Who's been eating my porridge, said the father bear angrily. And who's been eating my porridge, said the mother bear. And who's been eating mine and gobbled it all up, wept the baby bear, scraping his spoon round and the empty plate. It's all very mysterious, said Moonface. Somebody lighted the candle... Somebody sat in the chairs, somebody ate the porridge, but who? Not me this time, said Goldilocks. I was with you all the time we were snowballing, wasn't I, Bears? You certainly were, growled the father bear, patting the little girl on the back. He was very fond of her. I wish we had found poor Joe, said Bessie. Whatever will he be doing in this horrid cold land? Do you suppose we ought to go out and look for him again? said Fanny, shivering as she thought of the ice-cold wind outside. No, said Moonface decidedly. No one is going out of this cottage again till we're safely in the wood at home. I'm afraid we can't possibly rescue Joe now. What's that noise? said Goldilocks suddenly. Everybody listened. Someone was snoring softly in the next room. We never thought of looking there, said Moonface. Who can it be? Shh, said Goldilocks. If we can catch him asleep, we can tie him up and make him a prisoner easily. But if he wakes up, he might be fierce. They tiptoed to the door of the bedroom. One by one, they squeezed through. Who's been lying on my bed, said the father bear in a growly voice. Shh, said Moonface crossly. Who's been lying on my bed, said the mother bear. Shh said everyone. And who's been lying on my bed and is fast asleep there still, said the baby bear. Everyone stared at the cot. Yes, there was someone there. Someone in a white bear skin. Was it a polar bear? It's a white bear, said Moonface, half frightened. Tie him up before he wakes, said the father bear. He's an enemy now. Goldilocks got a rope out of the kitchen cupboard. Moonface went one side of the cot and the father bear went the other. The rope held between them. They nodded to one another. In a trice, both bent down and caught hold of the sleeper and twisted the rope tightly round him. He's caught! cried Moonface joyfully. Joe awoke with a jump. Who'd got him? Had the magic snowman caught him again? He began to shout and struggle. Moonface tied him more tightly. And then Bessie and Fanny saw his face and yelled out loudly, Moonface! It's Joe! It's Joe! It's Joe! Ah! Oh, it's Joe! They rushed to the cot and flung their arms round Joe. The boy was too astonished to speak. He got out of the rope and hugged his sisters. 
How did you get here? he asked. How did you get here? cried Bessie and Fanny. Come into the kitchen and we'll have some hot porridge and milk, said Goldilocks. We can talk then and get warm. So Joe went with the others, all chattering loudly about everything. Goldilocks ladled out porridge into blue bowls and made some cocoa. Soon everyone was putting sugar on treacle on porridge and drinking cocoa. Joe poured some milk over his porridge and smiled joyfully at everybody. What an adventure this has been, he said. Shall I tell my tale first, or will you tell yours? He told his, and then Bessie told how Moonface had gone to the three bears for their help, and all about the fierce battle. It's a pity about the battle, said the father bear mournfully. The white bears are cousins of ours, have always been friendly, now they seem to be enemies. Let's hope they don't discover our cottage, said Goldilocks, eating her hot porridge. Moonface, hadn't we better make some magic and get back to the wood? Plenty of time, plenty of time, said Moonface, pouring himself out another cup of cocoa. But, you know, there wasn't plenty of time, for just at that moment, Goldilocks gave a scream and pointed to the window. Someone looked in, she said. Don't be silly, said Moonface. I'm not, said Goldilocks. I tell you, somebody looked in. Who could it be? The handle of the door is moving, yelled Moonface, and he leapt to the door. In the trice, he had locked it and bolted it. The father bear got up and went to the window. He looked out into the snowstorm. I can't see anything, he said, and then he growled loudly. Yes, I can. I can see the white bears. They have surrounded our cottage. Now, what shall we do? Well, they can't get in at the front door, and they certainly shan't get in at the window, said Moonface, looking fierce. The door shook, but it held well. Someone battered on it. We shan't let you in, yelled Joe. If anyone tries to open the window or break it, I'll hit him with this kettle, shouted Moonface, who had caught up the kettle and was dancing about with it. Moonface, that kettle's got hot water in it, said Fanny. Do be careful. You drop some on me. I'll pour it down the neck of any bear that dares to come in here, yelled Moonface, spattering the room with steaming drops. Oh dear, said Bessie. Hide behind the bed, Fanny. It seems to me that Moonface is almost as dangerous as the bears. The father bear dragged the big table across the door. Things were getting exciting. Joe and the girls were frightened, but they couldn't help feeling terribly thrilled too. Whatever was going to happen next? Oomph, oomph, boomed the big bears outside but they couldn't get in at the door or window. But they found another way. The chimney was wide and big, for the fireplace was one of the old-fashioned kind and needed a wide chimney. One of the bears climbed up onto the roof, followed by three more. The first one slipped into the big chimney. Down he went. Whoosh! Down went another, and the third, and the fourth. They landed with a crash onto the big hearth and hurriedly jumped away from the flames of the fire. Surrender, they cried to the startled children and bears. Surrender, the magic snowman is outside. Let him in. Chapter 12. What happened to the snowman? Everyone stared at the big white bears in horror. No one had thought of the chimney. What a pity they hadn't stopped it up. I'm going to let the magic snowman in, said the first white bear. Then the father bear spoke up in a very sorrowful voice. Cousin, why are we enemies? We've always been good friends up till now. 
The four white bears looked at him and at the mother bear and baby bear in southern amazement. They rushed at them with loud oomphy noises. Joe thought they were going to fight the three bears, and he took up a jug from the table to help his friends. But no, the white bears were not going to fight. They were hugging the three bears as tightly as they could, and to the children's amazement, tears were pouring down their furry faces. We didn't know it was you, said the white bears. Why, cousins, we would never have fought you. Only we had known you were the three bears we love so much. There, there, said the mother bear, wiping the tears of a white bear off her fur. It's all right. But for goodness sake, tell the other bears we're friends. We don't want the front door battered down. Moonface opened the door and yelled out of it. Bears, it's all right. This is the cottage of your cousins, the three bears. We're friends. But the white bears didn't answer or come in. Instead, a big white shape came up and squeezed through the door. The magic snowman. A chill fell over the little room. The white bears were frightened of him, for he was their master. He shut the door and glared at everyone out of his stone eyes. So, even my own bears have gone over to the enemy, he said. Oh, what will you say if I turn you into ice and snow, everyone? Nobody said anything, but, to Bessie's surprise, Moonface shut the door and then went to the fire. He piled on three great logs and winked at Bessie. The snowman took up a white bear by the scruff of the neck and shook him. So you found your voices, did you? He said. Didn't I tell you that you were only to say oomph and not speak a word to anyone? I won't have bears that talk. He picked up another white bear and shook him. So you're friends with my enemies, are you? He said. The room became very hot. Joe took off his coat. So did the others. Moonface slyly put on another log. The fire crackled and shot great flames up the chimney. Fanny wished she could take off everything she was so hot. Whatever does Moonface think he is doing making the room so hot, she thought crossly. But just as she was about to tell him to put the guard round the fire, he winked at her, and she said nothing. Moonface had some queer plan that he was carrying out. The snowman went on and on, grumbling and threatening. Everyone listened and said nothing. Moonface poked the fire and it blazed up higher. Now this is what I'm going to do, said the magic snowman. I'm going to take this nice little cottage for my own. I shall live here. All of you others can live in a snow house and freeze for all I care. You'll all wait on me and do whatever I say. Yes, said everybody. They all knew now what Moonface's plan was. He meant to make the room so hot that the magic snowman would melt. Clever old Moonface. A little trickle of water began to run from the snowman's broad white back, which was near the fire. Moonface pointed to it secretly and grinned. Fanny thought Moonface's beaming face looked so funny that she began to giggle. She really couldn't help it. Goldilocks giggled too and stuffed her handkerchief into a small mouth. The baby bear gave a high squeak of a giggle and then wept bitterly because the snowman cuffed him. How dare you laugh, shouted the snowman angrily. Outside, all of you, outside. This is my cottage now, and not one of you shall stay here. They all crowded outside except Moonface, who crouched behind a big chair, determined not to leave the fire in case it burnt low. Outside, it was bitterly cold. The white bears quickly dug up the snow and made a high wall to shelter the others from the wind. They crouched there, cuddling close to one another for warmth. 
The big white bears wrapped their furry arms around the children and warmed them beautifully. Joe thought they were very kind indeed. They waited and they waited. They could see smoke pouring from the chimney of the cottage and they knew that Moonface must be keeping up the fire. The bears oomphed every now and again and the children whispered to one another. Then suddenly the door of the cottage was flung open and Moonface stood there, his big face beaming like a full moon. You can come back now, he shouted. It's quite safe. They all crowded back to the cottage. Joe looked for the snowman, but he was gone. There was nothing to show that he'd been there except a very large puddle of water. He mounted very quickly, said Moonface. He may have been very magic and very powerful, but he was just made of snow after all. So he mounted like a real snowman on a sunny morning. The polar bears oomphed with delight. They had hated being servants to the snowman. We'll say goodbye to you now, they said to the three bears. This cottage is cosy, but it's too hot for us. Come and see us again whenever you like. Goodbye. Everyone hugged them goodbye, and Joe felt quite sad to see them go. Moonface shut the door after them. Now we'll get back home, he said. I'm a bit tired of this land. Come on, bears. Help me to get the cottage back safely. He didn't do the same magic as before. He drew a circle on the floor in blue chalk and the three bears stood inside holding paws. Moonface danced round them singing strings of queer magic words. A wind rose up and the cottage rocked. Darkness came down and for a moment no one could see anything at all. Then gradually the darkness went and the wind blew no more. The sun shone warmly in at the window. Bessie gave a shout. I say, we're back in the little woody corner where we first saw the cottage, and it's daytime now, not night time. Wow, we've been having this adventure all night long, <laughs> said Moonface with a laugh. It's sunrise now, the night has gone. You'd better hurry off home, children, or you'll be scolded for leaving your beds at night. They hugged Goldilocks and shook hands with the three bears. We'll come back and see you sometime, said Fanny. Thank you so much for all your help. Goldilocks and the bears stood at the door and waved goodbye as Moonface hurried the three children away down the lane to catch the train back to the Enchanted Wood. It wasn't long before they had got to the station, waited for a train, slid off the roof and settled down in a carriage. When they got to the Enchanted Wood they said goodbye to Moonface and Fanny gave him a kiss for being such a help. He was so pleased that he went red all over his enormous face and Bessie laughed. You look like the setting sun now, she said. You really ought to be called Sunface. Goodbye, and see you soon, I hope, called Moonface. Off went the children home and got into bed, just about an hour before their mother called them to get up. My goodness, they were sleepy all that day. I hope you enjoyed that. That's the end of the Enchanted Wood for now, but there'll be more soon. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Bye for now.